Hello and welcome to Cumber Baptist Church Podcast. The following is taken from our morning service, Sunday the 1st of December 2019. This morning we are joined by Pastor Clifford Morrison, who takes his reading from 1 Kings, chapter 17, verses 1 to 16, and brings us a message entitled, Focus on Faith Part 2. Turning this morning to 1 Kings, chapter 17, and as you're finding the place, may I remind you again of our special evening tonight, an evening of testimony and male voice praise with the new ambassadors chorus. This is a combined group of men who sang in choirs that are no longer functioning, like the Lurgan Choir, Banbridge, Newton Hours and Bellamina Choir. Some of them will be travelling a distance, and so let's make the effort to be here this evening, and if possible, bring others to a great evening of praise and worship. We meet, of course, at six o'clock for the usual season of prayer, and refreshments will be served at the close of our service this evening. Do keep in mind our Bible study on uh, Tuesday evening. Now, this is the final one before uh, the Christmas break because we go into nursing homes uh, to engage in ministry there with carol services. And so do make that effort to be with us on uh, Tuesday evening. Now let's turn to God's word and to 1 Kings chapter 17 and verse 8. Then the word of the Lord came to Elijah. Arise, go to Zarephath, which belongs to Zidon, and dwell there. Behold, I have commanded a widow there to feed you. So he arose and went to Zarephath. And when he came to the gate of the city, behold, a widow was there gathering sticks. And he called her and said, Bring me a little water in a vessel that I may drink. And as she was going to bring it, he called her and said, Bring me a morsel of bread in your hand. And she said, As the Lord your God lives, I have nothing baked, only a handful of flour in a jar and a little oil in a jug. And now I am gathering couple of sticks and I might go in and prepare it for myself and my son that we may eat it and die. And Elijah said to her, do not fear, go and do as you have said, but first make me a little cake of it and bring it to me. And afterward, make something for yourself and your son. For thus says the Lord, the God of Israel, the jar of flour shall not be spent. and The jug of oil shall not be empty until the day that the Lord sends rain upon the earth. And she went and did as Elijah said, and she and he and her household ate for many days. The jar of flour was not spent, neither did the jug of oil become empty, according to the word of the Lord that he spoke by Elijah. Father, with our Bibles open, we bow in your presence and thank you for your word. We thank you for the privilege of reading it in our mother tongue. But we recognize the need of the Holy Spirit to illumine the sacred page. And so we pray for his help, for both preacher and people alike. Teach us what we do not know. Give us what we do not have. And help us, Lord, not just to be hearers of your word, but doers also. For Christ our Savior's sake. Amen. Faith is just believing what God says he will do. He will fail us never. His promises are true. If we but receive him, his children we become. 
Faith is just believing this wondrous thing is done. We believe that the Bible is adamant in affirming this great truth that without faith it is impossible to please God. And that faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. We begin the Christian life by faith. As soon as my oil I ventured on the atoning blood, the Holy Spirit entered and I was born from above. But the Christian life not only commences in faith, the Christian life continues in faith. Why do I say that? Because of what the Apostle Paul said in his letter to the Colossians. He says, as you have received Christ Jesus, so walk in him. How do we receive Christ Jesus? By faith. How do we walk in him? By faith. Paul writing to the church at Corinth says this, we walk by faith and not by sight. And every day we live, we live by faith. And every day we serve, we serve by faith. And every day we walk, we walk by faith. Elijah models faith here in the opening verses of this 17th chapter of First Kings. We know that the people of God, both in the Old and New Testament, had many outstanding characteristics to be noted, but the one that binds them all together is summed up in one word, and that word is the word faith. It's been said that you can do a great deal without faith, but nothing that is pleasing to God. Without faith, it is impossible to please God. For he that comes to God must believe that he is, and that he is a rewarder of those who have diligently sought him. A few weeks ago, we looked at the steps of faith modeled in Elijah and his response to the promptings of God here in his life. We saw faith awaiting God's plan. We read in verse 7, that after a while the brook dried up because there was no rain in the land. We tried to picture the scene as morning by morning, afternoon by afternoon, evening by evening, the servant of God realized that this brook was dried up. That the drought that was affecting all of the land because of sin in the land was beginning to have an effect upon the brook. And we saw that Elijah awaits God's plan. In other words, he looks to God, he puts God between himself and the circumstances, and that's what faith does. Faith awaiting God's plan. And then we saw faith appropriating God's principles. In verse 10, we read this morning, So he arose and went to Zarephath. He obeyed the Lord, even in difficult and distressing and disturbing circumstances. You see, biblical faith is a faith that has confidence in God's word. It has a confidence in God's word in spite of circumstances and consequences. And this biblical faith operates quite simply. God speaks and we hear his word. We trust his word. We act on it no matter what the circumstances 
or no matter what the circumstances are, or whatever the consequences might be, frightening, unknown, but a faith people obey God's word. They believe that he will do what is right, and that he knows what is best. And that's what we see Elijah doing. He leaves the brook, and he goes to Zarephath. He recognizes that maybe God's thoughts or his thoughts are not God's thoughts. Or God's, th- God's ways are not his ways. But he knows that as for God, his way is perfect. That's how he models faith here. He's awaiting God's plan. He's appropriating God's principle. Notice as we move on this morning... That faith is not only awaiting God's plan modeled by Elijah and adopting or appropriating God's principles modeled by Elijah. Faith here is accepting God's purposes. We read this morning in verse 9, Arise, go to Zarephath, which belongs to Zidon, and dwell there. Now we can just read a statement like that and just skip over it and never give it appropriate thought. Here we see the servant of God accepting the fact that Jehovah wanted him to go to Zarephath. And I have no hesitation in saying this, that if the choice had been left to Elijah, you can be sure that it wouldn't have been Zarephath. Zarephath would have been the last place on his mind. You see, some things about Zarephath would have made it a distasteful place. God was not sending him out of Israel's land. God was not sending sending him away from the famine and the circumstances that prevailed because of the famine. God was sending him to the country from which Jezebel came. It was a heathen country where most of the inhabitants worshipped Baal. The journey was long, the journey was hard, for Sidon was some hundred miles from Cherith. And Elijah had to travel on foot through many wild and barren places, and this during a famine. And added to this was the danger of passing through the country over which Ahab ruled, King Ahab. But nevertheless, Elijah obeyed. The prophet's natural Instincts would be against going into a Gentile area. The prophet's religious instincts would lead him to abhor a hotbed of Baal worship. And his manly instincts would lead him to shrink from being a burden upon a poor widow. And yet his faith accepts the purpose of God here. Words are important in Scripture. And we shouldn't glide over them thoughtlessly. Their meanings are significant. The word Zerapath has a very interesting meaning. It means refining or a smelting furnace. Now the land, as you know, was ruled by Jezebel's father, who was a heathen tyrant, a wicked idolater like his daughter. And God's purpose in sending Elijah there was to use it in his life as a smelting furnace 
that would remove the dross of pride or any tendency to self-reliance or any independent action apart from the Lord. Do you see what is happening here this morning? The Lord is preparing his servant and he's preparing him in order that he might be a clean vessel for the next step in God's overall plan for the deliverance and cleansing of his people Israel. And it was this man's faith that determined his attitude to the purpose of God at this time in his life. Even though the sovereign purposes of the Almighty may have seemed hard to understand. Yet he bows to a higher wisdom. He entrusts himself to a loving Heavenly Father who knows the end from the beginning. And the question that I asked myself this morning, and the question that I want you to ask yourself is simply this. What would we do? Would we be prepared to accept God's purposes for our lives, no matter what that may entail? William Cowper in his great hymn, God moves in a mysterious way his wonders to perform. Has lines that read like this, Judge not the Lord by feeble sense, but trust him for his grace. Behind a frowning providence, he hides a smiling face. His purposes will ripen fast, unfolding every hour. The bud may have a bitter taste, but sweet will be the flower. I often think of the story of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. As they were about to be cast into the fiery furnace, they believed in a sovereign God. They believed in a God who was sufficient no matter what their situation may be. And they believed that their God could preserve them and could protect them even in the fiery furnace. But you remember what their response was. They said, if not, we will still trust him. If not, we will still trust him. That's faith. Here is the Lord's servant going into dangerous territory. Here is the Lord's servant going to pass through deep waters. Here is the Lord's servant going to find himself being opposed by those who were devilish in their attitude to Jehovah and the true worship of God. But he not only models faith in awaiting God's plan, he not only models faith in appropriating God's principles, the principles of trusting and obeying, he accepts God's purposes. He believes in the truth of the psalmist. As for God, his way is perfect. Do you believe that this morning? Do I believe that? I remember some years ago in the church in Portadai, by the way, 35 years ago, I preached my first message in Portadown as a young pastor with hair on his head. 
That's what the pastor does to you. So have that in mind if you're ever thinking of entering the pastor. Be prepared. But I remember that one year we had, for our motto text, as for God, his way is perfect. And I remember one of the elders said to me, Pastor, that's a great text. You'll have no difficulty preaching that text. And I can still remember the conversation. And I said, Brother, I may not have difficulty preaching the text, but I hope I will always have grace to believe the text. When I stand at an open grave, where one whom I loved with all my heart has been taken from me and has gone into eternity. When I stand outside the intensive care unit of a hospital where a loved one is battling for life. When I face trials and temptations and tragedy, can I still say from the depths of my being, as for God, his way is perfect. Here is Elijah, and he's modeling this faith this morning. He's awaiting God's plan. He's appropriating God's principles. He's accepting God's purposes. Notice something more. We see the Lord's servant modeling faith as he acknowledges God's provision. As he acknowledges God's provision. We read that on receiving his second command to go to Zarephath, Elijah received a promise as he did when God spoke to him about going to the brook in Cherith. Do you remember what he said in verse 4, depart, or verse 3, 1 Kings 17, depart from here and turn eastward and hide yourself by the brook Cherith, which is east of the Jordan. You shall drink from the brook, and listen to this, and I have commanded the ravens to feed you where? To feed you there. To feed you at God's appointed place. And then he repeats this, doesn't he? In, in verse 9, on down the chapter, he says, Arise and go to Zarephath, which belonged to Zidon, and dwell there. Behold, I have commanded a widow there to feed you. And God was as good as his word. Elijah got safely to Zarephath. Elijah encounters this widow woman. And of course to some it might have seemed to be a mere coincidence that he found the way here and they find her there so convenient. But there's no such a word in the vocabulary of faith. This wasn't human convenience. This was divine providence. Elijah discovered that when Cherith dried up, Zarephath opened up. And in the midst of all the famine, his faith acknowledged God's faithfulness in provision. Even when the widow couldn't see her way to fulfill the prophet's request for food, faith shone through in the reply that he gave. He speaks in verse 14, and he says, For thus says the Lord God of Israel, and I like the King James Version, the barrel of meal and the cruise of oil shall not fail. Can you imagine the circumstances? We'll come back to this on another occasion. We're going to take a little break from this this morning as we begin to focus in next Sunday on Christmas themes. But just for the moment this morning, can you begin to imagine the circumstances 
that this widow woman finds herself in. She was at wit's end corner. She was on the way out, humanly speaking. Death for her was going to be sweet release and sweet relief. But Elijah speaks. And he speaks out of the abundant experience of God's goodness and God's grace. He knew what it was to trust God for his needs. And he knew that a faith that was firmly rooted and fixed in God could acknowledge the Almighty in the provisions of all his daily needs. You can look up this morning. I think you can. I know I certainly can. We can look up this morning and say, all he have need, all that I have need of, his hand does provide. Adequate provision in times of pain, in times of sickness, in times of heartache, in times of pain, in times of trial, in times of tragedy. In times of difficulty, in times of hardship. And as we look into an uncertain and unknown future, our faith in God should be strong enough and firm enough to acknowledge that the Lord will provide. Jehovah Jireh is his name. The Lord who does provide. Listen to what the prophet Isaiah says. Fear not, for I am with thee. Be not dismayed, for I am your God. I will strengthen you. Yes, I will help you. I will uphold you with my righteous hand. The Lord loves you this morning. The Lord knows your circumstances this morning. The Lord knows all about your temperament and your personality. And he says, fear thou not, for I am with thee. I will still thy pilot be. Never mind the tossing billows. Take my hand and trust in me. The writer of Hebrews makes it clear that faith is a very practical thing. In spite of what unbelievers say. The scoffer may come and say to us, where is the promise of his coming? But the Bible says the Lord is not slack concerning his promise. The Lord is not careless. The Lord is not indifferent. The Lord doesn't say one thing and do another. The promises of God are yea and amen in the Lord Jesus Christ. And faith in God enables us to understand what God does. Faith enables us to see what others cannot see. And as a result, faith enables us to do what others cannot do. Dr. J. Oswald Sanders put it perfectly when he writes, Faith enables the believing soul to meet the future as present and the invisible as seen. What is your faith this morning? Here it is modeled in Elijah. A faith that sees the invisible. A faith that believes the impossible. A faith that receives the incredible. A faith that 
awaits God's plan, a faith that appropriates God's principles, the principles of trusting and obeying. You see, the evidence of trusting is obeying. Obeying is the fruit of trusting. Faith accepting God's purposes, even though the clouds may be dark around us. We sometimes sing, do we really believe it? You've sung it maybe for a lifetime when darkness hides his lovely face. I rest on his unchanging grace. For in every high and stormy gale, my anchor holds within the veil. And the faith that acknowledges God's provisions. We see this this morning. Elijah was a man of faith. And when we draw all the strands together, this is the lesson that we are to learn this morning. That all of us who profess to love God, all of us who profess to have faith in God, how does that affect us? How does that affect us in the everyday, running, topsy-turvy experiences of life? Sometimes, We feel the rebuke of the Lord Jesus to his disciples when he said, O you of little faith. And sometimes we need to pray uh, the prayer of one of old Lord, I believe, help thou my unbelief. You see, faith finds in Christ whatever we need to save, to strengthen, to guide, to feed. Strong in his grace, his joys to share, his cross, its hope, and his crown to wear. Faith in God can move a mighty mountain. Faith in God can calm the troubled seas. Faith in God can make the desert like a fountain. Faith can bring the victory. May God give us such a faith this morning for his name's sake. Father, write your word on all our hearts this morning and help us to believe it, not just while we're in the atmosphere of your house, but to believe it as we enter into another week. And in the unknown tomorrows, May we trust in a God who is from everlasting to everlasting, who knows the end from the beginning, a God who is with us in the mountaintop, but also in the deepest and in the darkest valley. Write your word clearly in our hearts this morning and cause us, Lord, not just to be hearers of your word, but doers also. And we pray this in Jesus' name and for Christ's sake. Amen.